Well, friends, uh, as you make your way back to your seats, if you're here in the shed, or back to the couch or watching chair, if you're at home, or if you are uh, taking a jog midweek and catching this on the podcast, uh, it's good, really good to be together. Like Kyle said, you know, these are contentious times. While policies and the people who make them matter immensely. The larger story that you and I are called to participate in, it doesn't dismiss or diminish these things. But we do know that the central character is a God who was before all kingdoms and all regimes and will outlast all of them. And it's our call to be a faithful presence no matter where we find ourselves. So like our text implores us today, we in this particular faith community will keep doing what we've always been doing, namely be devoted to one another in love, to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Can we do that? Yeah, I think so. We've been formed in that way and we'll continue to do that as a community. It's good to be with you. My name is Tim, one of the pastors here, and uh, it's just good to be together. I'll say that. In the past few weeks, if you're like me, leading up to this contentious week, you've heard various versions of sentences like this. I, I just can't talk to them. If they, if they think that or vote that, I, I, just, I just can't talk to them. I can't live by them. Or if, if they... Uh, think that way, I, I, I can't even. I just can't even. And, and I make some light of that, but I think in some way or another, we've had these thoughts together. And I think it reflects for us that we are choosing various divisions. It's a privilege that many of us hold to be able to choose who and how we associate with others. And but outside of maintaining safety and security and sanity, this may not always be the best option for those of us who follow Jesus. This is a quote you see on the screen from one of my favorite theologians, Stanley Hauerwas. It says this, being formed in the Christian virtues is not a matter of choosing the right community but rather acknowledging the fact that Christ is revealed in those with whom we have the great good fortune to be stuck. Over and against our choices of who and how and when, Christ is revealing God's self to us through one another. We're in the middle of this series called Steadfast, um, where we're looking at our particular mission and vision statement. Last week, Troy got us into our mission statement portion, and I would just encourage you to take a listen to that um, if you have not already. He's calling us into a particular way of Jesus to live out for this particular community. This is the mission statement, living out the way of Jesus in missional communities announcing the arrival of his kingdom, working for measurable change among the oppressed. And this morning, we're going to focus on that first sentence, living out the way of Jesus in missional communities. One thing I love about this phrase is there's no punctuation break in living out the way of Jesus 
to missional communities. There's no comma, there's no like we're doing this and we're doing this. It's, it's really one thing we're doing together. In fact, we cannot live out the way of Jesus on our own. And, and God doesn't model this for us either, actually. In fact, one of these pictures that's coming up right now, this is um, Andre Rublev. He was a, a 14th century artist in Russia, and he put this icon together as a painting called the Trinity. And if you've seen this, ponder it. It is a beautiful, complex picture. I have one in my office if you want to borrow it for your own prayer life or meditation. Um, in this, is depicting Trinity. God is not alone. God is relational in nature. The very core of our world, the force and fabric of the universe is relationship, togetherness, and connection. We cannot do this alone either. And we know this more than just in a spiritual sense. Scientifically, neurologically, we can't do this alone. It's a great book. I'd encourage you to take a look at it. It's, called, it's by Vivek Murthy. It's called Together. And this is a quote from there. While loneliness engenders despair and even more isolation, togetherness raises optimism and creativity. When people feel they belong to one another, their lives are stronger, richer, and more joyful. Yeah, I want, I want to be a part of that thing. I want to be doing this together. So we're living out the way of Jesus in missional communities. Missional communities is an interesting phrase. You don't hear it a lot. So what, what is it? It's, it's not a program that we have here. You can't necessarily sign up for one. It's not a small group necessarily, and it doesn't require a, a casserole maker and a prayer chain emailer. Although it's about the season for a good Midwestern hot dish, right? It's getting there, it's getting there. But in this season, this does not have to be a mission, the missional community doesn't have to be a big in-person weekly gathering either. In fact, I want us to broaden our imagination to what these can be, to look at it as maybe, maybe two or more people making up a missional community. It could be a family, a roommate, small group, house church, Bible study, friends, work colleagues, a quarantine, pickleball group, whatever it is. I want you to, to, to open your imagination to say, I may be a part of a few or a few possible missional communities, people you live with. Maybe we work with. Maybe it is a formalized group. Let's let our imagination run wild a little bit. Because in this, in this particular group, it's where the ways of Jesus are elevated. The virtues and values of the kingdom, we're, we're attempting to live them out. So wherever that can happen, this may be a word for you and that missional community. So let's look at one particular invitation to a collection of missional communities. This is our text today that, that Kyle um, gave to us earlier today. This is Romans 12, verses nine through 21. Paul, leading up to this, has spent 11 chapters doing what the authors of most of the New Testament are doing in the majority of the New Testament in showing us how we can live together 
how what God is doing in Jesus Christ, putting together a new blended family of Jew and Gentile, insider, outsider, can be together. Paul isn't going to paint a picture of what that could look like for us after laying kind of the theological groundwork for that in chapters 1 through 11. And he says this, you know what, if you're in the room, why don't we stand? We'll read the text again. And if it feels like we're kind of going into this text again and again this morning, we are. And that's not a bad thing. So here, these words again from the book that we love. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keeping your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, and I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Burning coals, anyone? Burning coals. We'll actually come back to that. I think it's key to understanding what in the world Paul's talking about in this whole text. But before that, we want to look at this text as a whole and say this is, this is not just a checklist of virtues, of aspirations. Uh, I think it could be, but what Paul is doing is trying to stoke our imaginations for what is possible in Christian community, community that would give witness to God's character to the world. Look at what could be. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Unheard of. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Joining your emotional world with those who are in a different place than you. That builds a strong fabric of community. I want to be a part of that. What kind of church could that be? It gives us a vision of what these missional communities, these pockets of community could be for us. The scriptures, in fact, not just here, are shot through with signposts and signs of what these missional communities could be. And so we're going to really quickly give a couple, uh, some snapshots of what these missional communities could be, right? We're going to actually, we're going to go through them as three fundamental truths in a very short time. Number one, missional communities are created space. 
space that is intentionally cultivated and filled. We see this great thing, a friend of a friend of mine pointed this out to me not too long ago, that in Genesis 1 and 2, what is God doing? Creating. God is making space. He creates humanity and then places them in the space he's created and say, you fill the garden. You fill the world. Genesis 2, God planted a garden east of Eden and then placed humanity there to care for it and fill it. God is creating and we are filling. But then we get this reversal, which I think continues into our day. Exodus 25, you get all these rules and regulations of how God is inviting Israel to put the tabernacle together. As if what God did in Genesis, I will create, you will fill. God is inviting us into the creative vocation and saying, you create and I will fill that space you create. And while it's not an explicit promise in the text, I think what God is doing in this is offering us a predictable pattern of God's faithfulness that if we create the space, God will fill it. And so these communities, they're created spaces where we take the risk to create it, to schedule the Zoom, to meet around a fire pit, to start the conversation together prep the food, read the book, and show up so that God can fill that space and surprise us. But it's a risk. I was talking to a a friend this week, reflecting on some of their earlier years and possibilities for connecting with their community. And their brief response in regret was that I, I hid. And for many of us, that is an easier, less risky option is to hide. But I think scripture invites us to be surprised by the God who fills the space we create. The gatherings that we intentionally cultivate, God will fill them. Number two, missional communities are diverse. A group of people that does not look, think uh, the same, come from different backgrounds. We get a picture of this in Galatians where Paul is worked up when he's writing. I mean, we're talking this dude could lay down a savage burn in the comment section if he was online. And this Paul says in the beginning of Galatians, he is calling out that church because what's happening in that particular community is that there's a group of people who are saying, you need to become like us to fully follow Jesus. You need to convert to to Judaism and all its practices, all its laws, and for us to follow Jesus in unity, we must be uniformly the same. And Paul is saying no. So intentionally, he says this, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to prevent the gospel of Christ by saying you need to look and be the same. 
He's paving the way for what he says later in the book in Galatians 3.28, that there is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male or female, you are all one in Jesus Christ. He is saying this not to erase difference, but to celebrate it as a testimony and witness to the power of God. He is saying again for us that unity does not equal uniformity. And he wants us to be more than just a theory we aspire to. But to say that we need each and every one of you. We need your stories. We need your background. So Mars Hill, if you are here or listening, you belong here. We are stronger and truly a better witness and testimony to the power of God because of all aspects of diversity that are called to be this church, that are called to be this missional community. We will make mistakes in trying to steward that well, but don't check yourself at the door. This missional community needs you. It's a greater testimony to God's character because of all that you bring to this gathered body. Number three, missional communities are spirit sustained. How else can this vision be possible? How can a church, the church, or even our smaller missional community spaces we find ourselves in, how could they hang together as we've seen and experienced what cannot be accomplished by constitution or citizenry must be accomplished in the spirit. For there is no other way. We look at the book of Acts for this. When the church is being formed, it's not just people gathering in one space. It's not people even speaking the same language the same customs, but the Spirit of God is gathering a people with a promise to bring them in and sustain them. Acts 10, we get this this picture of the Spirit falling on those who heard the word, and later on the question of how could the leaders of the church saying, how could we not baptize those who have the same Spirit as us? How can we not be as generous and as welcoming to those who have the same spirit as us, the spirit that transcends borders, nationalities, ages, and incomes. The spirit is what sustains us, for in that we have deeper identity and true identity. Ephesians 4, we hear this, bearing with one another in love, make every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bonds of peace. Friends, without the Holy Spirit, this work is, it's in vain. It just doesn't work. So we see this interesting circular movement that we need the Spirit to thrive and survive in community, and we need that community to show us a picture of God whose image we bear. One doesn't precede the other. The Spirit pushes us into community. The community shows us a renewed picture of who God is and how we are to be together. Hot coals. Hot coals. 
Remember our text, Paul is painting this vision of what community could be, and then he ends it with this strange line where you think the culmination of his, his paragraph should be, where the main point should be, he quickly says, if your enemy's hungry, feed him, great, we know that. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink, totally makes sense to us. In doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Not so much making sense. Now, this isn't a strange and bizarre ending to Netflix barbecue pitmasters. Something goes wrong. In, in fact, what, what God is doing, sorry, what Paul is doing in this text is, is actually painting a brilliant word picture that goes right past us, but would never have gone past the eyes and ears of his first century Jewish readers. Burning coals, not just for cooking. Burning coals hold a very significant meaning in the scriptures. If you search the Old Testament, burning coals, when they come up as a reference, are always accompanied by the power and the presence of Yahweh. Leviticus 6, Job 41, Isaiah 6, and many other places, the burning coal is not just a fun throwaway line, but signifies that when this is happening, the very presence of God is there. So Paul is saying, when you give a drink, when you move in hospitality, even towards your enemies, you are ushering them into the very presence of God. And if that's where we start with our enemies, how much more so our neighbors and friends, when we show up in the posture of Romans chapter 12, the Spirit is ushering us into the very presence of God together. Paul is saying something here that is far deeper, that there's more at play than following a virtues or behavioral checklist together. He's saying that despite our differences, despite what we wear, how much money we make, what we think of COVID-19, what we're voting for, how lonely we feel, however we have been abandoned in the past, or however over this church thing we are, that in God's mercy, the people are the pathway to the presence. That people, you and I, are the pathway to the presence of God. God shows up following the simple promise of where two or more are gathered. There I am with them. Our house church gets together about every other Sunday. Lately it's been at a park or someone's backyard for a bonfire or we gathered on Zoom for a little Halloween competition of costumes. And sometimes, if we get to Sunday afternoon, maybe 4.30, we usually gather at five, you can find my wife and I not always wanting to go. Some of the house church is here. Love you, hang on. But there's moments where like, we, don't, we don't feel like going. We're tired, we've got things to do. It's easy to get disillusioned with the people you love, right? Oh, their kid is always gonna act like this. Oh, I bet they're still dealing with this problem. Yeah, we'll probably just pray again for this together, right? I don't love that I think these things. 
You probably don't love that you think these things. But I'll tell you what, if we're brave enough, we get off the couch and we go, and we show up, and we create space for a simple group of folks with different perspectives, lives, values, and we find ourselves sustained and surprised by the Spirit of God and these beautiful, beautiful people. God is aware of our learning limitations. Instead of just auditory word, God invites us to a meal for our senses, for our body to get engaged. It's not enough to talk about the Trinity and assent to that doctrine of, yeah, God is relational. But to be put in relationship together is the way we live out the way of Jesus with amazing and beautiful, sacred people. What a gift. Recognize the limitations and challenges of bringing this message in this particular time when distance and isolation are very real and practical, safe things. And yet the call remains through this time to be together. To be invited into the life of God is to be invited into community with one another. So we can get creative. We pray for a way to move forward. I think God is allowing us to see those ways. So we join in prayer as our practice to live out the way of Jesus in missional communities. Recognizing that people, the image bearers, are a pathway to the presence of God. I don't wanna take that lightly each and every one of you in this room, listening at home or in your car, you are a pathway to the presence of God. What a sacred invitation that we get to be the church, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to do this good work in the world and reflect the character of God to the world. So let's put this into practice. If you're here listening and it just feels like people, what people? Maybe this has been an intense season of loneliness for you or just feels like who, who are these people? I just want us to embody this text together to be faithful in prayer. And so if that's something where you said, I, I need some people, Part of my prayer, part of living out the way of Jesus in missional communities for me is I need people. I just invite you, if, if you feel like standing is the right thing for you, then stand. And if sitting is the right thing for you, then, then be seated. And for the rest of us, I just want you to extend your hands. And we're gonna pray together for those around us who are in need of people. So Lord Jesus, Your character is on display in your story. You put the lonely in families. You say it is not good for man to be alone. 
community. So Lord, we ask for our brothers and sisters, Lord, for who this is a lonely and isolating time. We ask that that you would bring alongside them people, your presence in the image bearers. God, would you provide for them a pathway to connect? And Lord, would you give them eyes to see this week where you are placing encounters and people in their path where there can be a sense of connection, where they can feel and know your love through those of others. Lord, if that is in person, at a distance, online, whatever it is, would you give us the creativity to practice hospitality and to enter the hospitality of others in that way? We ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Our second prayer is maybe for some of us who feel like you've got people. Maybe you throughout this time have, have been able to name them. Oh, that's, that's my crew. We play poker on Monday nights. That's our house church. That's our Bible study. That's, that's for this season. That's our immediate family. We can do these things. There's a list of things uh, from Romans 12 on the screen. It just goes through so many of the things that are laid out for us in that vision of what community could be. And I would just invite you as we pray now to take a look at this and ask the Spirit to point out to you, is there one of those that you can move into with intentionality this particular week? Where you can rally your people or maybe you take that courageous step and say, hey, let's, let's do this together. Let's uphold this value together in this community. And so God, we look at your text. We look at uh, this picture of community you have before us. And Spirit, would you call our eyes to what is ours to do? The full list is overwhelming and Lord, we are fragile and limited. And yet, God, you paint us a picture. You stir our imaginations by your spirit and show us what is ours to do this week. Would you give us the courage and the power of your spirit to do such a thing for the people you have placed around us? Solidify this in our hearts and minds, Lord, that we put it into practice. We ask this in the power of Jesus. And so friends, imagine with me what it would look like for this community, a thousand plus people to move into the world, faithful in prayer, participating in, in the values of the kingdom and the spaces we inhabit, trusting in the spirit that he would bring these, this diverse group of people together to put forth the values of the kingdom on display would be stepping into the presence of God and the presence of others this week. There's nobody else that I would rather do this with and nobody else who I think is as called as we are to this particular work in this particular time. 